Hello and welcome. My name is Leah Barber and you're listening to Next Gen Femme, a podcast dedicated to celebrating women's achievements. Being in business or massive personal goals, we speak to women that persevered through the ups and downs to pursue their passions. I sent an email. I said, uh, dear professor, I am nine years old. I will be... I will be attending the University of Limerick when I am in 2009, when I'm no 18. Choice. And I would like to get some advice on what I should study in secondary school. In our second episode of the podcast, myself and Fee Malone speak to a very close friend of ours, Adriana Vlugman Cotter, in her house in a quaint little town about 30 minutes from Lourdes in France. We discuss her love and passion for horses and animals in general, what drives her, her experiences from the University of Life, and the importance of knowing your worth, as well as much more. All of this started from the tender age of nine years old, which is where her inspirational story begins. We're excited for you to hear our second episode. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to Next Gen Femme, or Next Generation Female, however you'd like to put it. We're really excited to be giving you or bringing you our second episode of our podcast. From France! In France, we've gone international. So that's really exciting. Um, I'm so excited. <laughs> we're really proud of ourselves. But just wanted to say really quickly, both me and Fimalone are so excited and so grateful that there's been such a like, huge amount of positive feedback to our yeah. first podcast. And we will get better as we go on, but we're super proud with what we created in the first episode. I know it was just the two of us. But yeah, we're really excited for this journey of our podcast to continue. So thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, to whoever's listened, to whoever's shared, to whoever's subscribed, keep doing what you're doing and we'll keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, uh, oh, that's just amazing, really, yeah, isn't it? we're like super. The we're last s- couple of weeks have just... So stoked. Been crazy. Yeah, so stoked. So. I've never felt so popular on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's weird. Who knew Twitter was so good? Who knew Twitter was the thing? Um, but Twitter's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we'll we'll get started. Today's episode is not just me and Fee Malone. Today we are joined by a very good friend of ours, Anna. I was going to say Anna Barbados, but Adriana Vlogman Cotter is her full title. But so. herefore unknown as yeah Anna Barbados. <laughs> <laughs> that will never go away. And she'll tell you herself why she's called that. Yeah. So Anna, would you like to say hello to our listeners? Hello. Um, as the girls have said, my name is Anna Barbados because. There were four Annas on the rugby yeah, team. There was, there was and nobody Annas. can pronounce my last name because it's Dutch. So they were like, "Oh, you're from Barbados, and we can't say your last name, so you're Anna Barbados." Mm-hmm. And it's stuck. It's my handle on everything social media. Yeah, if they're ever like, "You need a username," I'm like, "Okay, Anna Barbados. That's it." Um, so I'm Anna. I'm from Barbados. <laughs> I'm 27 years old, and She's a baby. you don't look a day <laughs> over 22. <Yeah>. Thanks. <laughs> I am a equine dental technician and behaviorist. So I basically do horses' teeth and work on their behavior. At the moment, I'm a mama. So I'm Yeah, so if you hear a fourth voice, that's her little baby girl, Aya. Or Ayana. Aya Papaya. Aya Papaya. So she might interject every so often, but... She has a very strong opinion about things. She's her mother's daughter. Where did she get (laughs) that? She picked that up on the way home from the hospital. (laughs) Not me. Um, yeah, that's what I do. I met the girls in college. In college in UL. I studied equine science and then I finished that and went and did my masters of science in animal behaviour and welfare in Queens in Belfast. And after that 
I decided I was done with education for a little bit and I took a job at three. And so I wanted to work because my whole life I had been studying. Yeah. And I, had, I get that. Yeah. I hadn't had a real job where I lived, it was nine to five or whatever shift work it was mm-hmm. and you go home and that's it. So I wanted to do that for a bit. And then I did that for a year and my boyfriend at the time, now husband, he got a job in... Hi, Alan! Alan, <laughs> just for context, yes, Alan is Anna's husband. <laughs> Are you sure? She's such a grown-up. <laughs> yeah. And he got a job in France, so we moved He's to a, France. Did you say what he was? Oh, sorry. Just he so plays <laughs> rugby. He's a professional Yeah, he's a professional rugby, rugby player. Yeah. So he got a job in France, and so we moved depending on what his contract is. So it was really hard to get into a full-time job in France, especially since, thank you, Alan, I didn't speak French. (laughs) So my dad's from Holland, hence the difficult last name for all the girls to pronounce. So I speak Dutch and I took German in school because it's the same as Dutch. Nearly, sorry, not to offend anyone, but it's nearly the same as Dutch. So it's very easy for me to pick up. And then I took Spanish because I'm addicted to watching telenovelas. And I wanted to be able to understand them without the subtitles because you couldn't always get the show with subtitles. So I was like, oh, if I take French, it'll be a third language. Don't need it. Never live in France. Boom. It always happens, doesn't it? Move to France. Um, So it was really difficult to get work, to get into the idea of working. So what I did was when we lived in Axe, I just rode horses with a really incredible trainer he basically shifted my mindset from like competition and he's a competitive rider and he's amazing but it was more what the horse feels like doing which really tied into the behavioral aspect that I did for my masters and what I did when I worked on the farm in Australia because it was the equine behavior center so it was one day for example we were show jumping and I just, I wasn't getting into the rhythm. The horse was jumping. I was, we were doing it, but it didn't feel smooth. It didn't look good. And he was like, look, stop, get off. And he was like, breathe. And then as soon as I went, the horse did the exact same thing. And he was like, get, exactly. Ah. He's like, get back on, go for a walk. And he, we went for a walk through the the olive grove oh, orchard wow. or whatever it's called. Super fancy. fancy. Oh my God. And then came back and we were just in sync. We got everything done. So then from there, I was like, that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure when I got out of university. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, for context. I yeah, knew- I, I'm just, I'm going to interject there really Sorry. quickly. No, 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 no. no. You're, you're really good. I you're just awesome. want to. I want to backtrack a little bit because what I find and um, probably what female finds is really interesting about your education journey or whatever is that you're from Barbados, which we established at the start. And Barbados, for anyone that doesn't know, is like the size of Laos. Is it Laos? Like it, the smallest county in Ireland? Yeah, it's, it's a tiny. very tiny... The island can fit in... We were bored at work once. <laughs> and the island can fit in County Limerick six times. Whoa. Yeah, so that just to give you a sense of scale of how yeah. small... Uh, Barbados is in comparison to Ireland. 166 square miles. There we go. I think I remember when we were there, we went to Anna's wedding. In um, Barbados. In Barbados. It was was a terrible time. (laughs) Uh, It was like, I remember putting it in the GPS how long it would take because we were at the very bottom of the island to get to the top and it was like 35 minutes. So where I'm going with my question is, I suppose I really want to know that journey that you went through to go from going from Barbados to deciding to come all the way to Ireland. To Limerick. To Limerick. (laughs) 
with very different weather <laughs> to study equine science. So, what had happened was, in Barbados, we live about a five-minute walk, a two-minute drive from the race course. And in the mornings, my dad would ride his bike around the garrison, and I'd see the horses exercising. And you know how every little girl goes, oh, horsey! I was obsessed with them from the time I was a baby. And my dad, take me, take me, take me. So I started riding, and I was like, I want to be a jockey when I grow up. Now, let us describe <coughs> Anna Barbados. My dad is six foot four, <laughs> and my mum's family are a solid unit. <laughs> so by the time I was nine, I was too big to be a jockey. And so I, my dad would always come home. He's always into like, what do you want to do when you grow up? He never said, what do you want to be? What what career do you want? He said, what do you and want? And what do? does your dad do, Anna, for the listeners? My dad is a envi- is an sorry environmental health advisor for the Pan American Health Organization. So wow. he's a civil okay. engineer. He when I was little, the way he described it was he makes sure people don't get sick from their environment. Cool. So okay. things like mosquito, setting up mosquito protection, mosquito nets, making sure you don't leave water out for the mosquitoes to breed so people then get malaria, dengue, now with chikungunya and Zika, which is hilarious because... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds, Sounds like a dish. Dinner. <laughs> yeah, it does. I'm going to have a nice dish of chikungunya. Which is so funny because I got dengue, I got Zika, I got Whoa. swine flu, I got, get swine I flu? got all I those... I got all those things that my dad like prevents people Protects from. Protects people from. <laughs> so he's not a jockey. Not no, a he's jockey. from Holland. Like there, we have a big family, mm-hmm. so there's no way I was gonna be a jockey. Mm-hmm. Um, so what had happened was he came home one day from work. They knew that I wanted to be a jockey. So my dad asked. He said, "Anna, what do you want to do when you grow up?" And I said, "I want to be a jockey." And my parents were both there, and my dad was like, you tell her. My mom was like, no, you tell it. And I was like, tell me what? They're like, Anna, we're not a small family, and jockeys are very small people. <laughs> and you could tell they were trying to say it like, not, you're a big girl, yes. but, you know. You have to be a very petite person. Exactly. Yeah. Saying it's nothing wrong with me, it's just. Yeah. Well, you would have been at that age where, you know, body confidence. Yeah. It was just like starting, because I was always yeah. a big child and it worked when I was younger because I was swimming oh, and so yeah. I was always like a head above everyone else so I won my races mm-hmm. and so you were the Michael Phelps of girls swimming in Barbados cast her so many <laughs> oh. Oh. topical <laughs> subject let's Sorry. not preach that he's going to be not all about controversy here okay <laughs> sorry so back to that so anyway I was devastated I didn't speak to my parents for a week I said, well, how dare you make me this big and ruin my lifelong dream of being a jockey? And so my dad was like, but look, there's other things you can do with horses. So at nine, went on our computer, dialed up to the internet and... Beep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> remember that? Anyone that's around our oh age group who remembers? And then someone would go off on the yeah, phone. Yeah, somebody pick up the phone and be like, no. <laughs> studies i literally just typed it into google at the time horse studies and then it led me down the rabbit hole of equine science because my dad was very big on if you are doing something 
do it at the top level. Mm-hmm. Don't just go and do a course where you brush horses. Uh-huh. That's Those were his words. Nothing against somebody who wants to be a groom. But he was saying, for what you want to do, it has to be a, at a high level. Mm-hmm. He so wants you, you to be obsessed with it. Yeah. yeah, and be able to get a job at the end yeah. of the day. Because okay. that's what he, you know, that's the security that your parents want for you. Mm-hmm. So I googled. And he encouraged you to have high expectations. Yeah, high, expect- high expectations. expectations. Yeah. So I googled equine science and UL came up. So... I emailed Frank McGirt. Sorry, at nine years old. At nine years old. Oh, yeah. I sent an email to Frank what was McGirt, I who at was... nine years old? Cartoons? <laughs> Don't think we had the tinternet when <laughs> I was nine years old. And I sent him an email, and I said, Dear You're still nine years old when you sent this email. <laughs> yes, God. Nine oh my years God. old. I didn't know any of this. I'm learning so much. <laughs> I sent an email. I said, uh, Dear Professor, I am nine years old. I will be... I will be attending the University of Limerick when I'm in 2009, when I'm 18. And I would like to get some advice on what I should study in secondary school. Basically, that was it. And did he reply to you? He, I sent off an email. Now, in fairness, I sent off emails to a few different colleges. Okay. He responded to me. Exactly. (laughs) Options. I need options. He responded to me the next day. Well, what had happened was, is he told me, Thank you for your interest. Mm-hmm. This is what you need to study. You need to make sure to do sciences in second. Because he knew I wasn't in secondary school yeah. yet. And he was like, and make sure to work really hard. And it was so inspiring. And I was like, I'm going to this school. So when I... So Out of curiosity, I keep interjecting. Sorry. Did any of the other schools reply? No. Go away. Nobody else got I was just curious. Yeah, in I was fairness, if you got an email from a nine-year-old know, in your but university... Still, you'd like humor oh, them or something yeah. but like that was really good that he took you seriously Stop. and I was like oh my god just, I have an email from the university that's just a testament to whoever was head of UL you know Fine. what good job we need more of you yeah, yeah. good job for emailing back that nine year old yeah so if any like, head of universities together <laughs> if any head of universities get emails from nine year olds please reply because it's inspirational yeah. they'll go because what happened was is my dad with my dad's job it's contractual so we moved every four years so when I, we moved to St. Lucia, it was my last, I started the last few years before I'd go off to university. And it was a school where you could choose your subjects. Of course, you had to take the basics like English, math, and a language kind of thing. But then you can choose. So, for example, one of the girls wanted to be a writer. So she focused more on English and history and literature. Whereas I went and I did all the sciences. I was like, whatever you can fill up my... Time schedule, time schedule time with sciences. Science. So I did that. So did you do all like three sciences? So biology, chemistry, Biology, physics. chemistry, physics, uh, then chem one, chem two, chem three. Wow. Trigonometry, calculus. That's not, I wouldn't imagine that would be easy. No, especially since I am terrible at math. Numbers like literally basic addition. And I'm just like using my fingers, like writing on the wall. I'd be the same. I wouldn't be able to do anything over the calculator. You clearly but came I through did it. it. Yeah. yeah. I Determination, did it obviously. I wanted to get to this school. Yeah. And then came time to apply. And my dad was like, he knew this story. He said, let's take your application in person to UL. He was like, let's check out the school. Because if we were. Wait, in, what age are you at this stage? I would have been 16. Okay. Because I went to UL when I was 17. How many years later on Kajan on my fingers? <laughs> 
Seven years. Oh, God. Fiona. Come on. <laughs> I, was, I was watching the TV. I wouldn't have taken no, out the I was, like, I, was like, I was literally waiting for somebody else to interject because I wasn't going to be able to calculate that. <laughs> That's no, I believe in the student working it out themselves. <laughs> okay, teacher fee. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so seven years later, my dad was like, let's go. Because if we were in, like, the United States, we'd be driving to colleges. We'd be going to check them out. Yeah, that's true. They do that, don't they? Yeah. But we are supposed to do a little bit you, of that here. I actually date, went to the UK you? to look at the college. Did you? Yeah. I didn't know that about it. Trump, yeah. But, like, you, you guys have the day. We'd remember? have an open day. So exactly. you'd go with your school, usually. And in yeah, then if you were very be, sure. In secondary schools, they usually be, like, three or four people, depending on the size of secondary school that wanted to go to that college, so you'd go, all go together on the open day kind of thing. Yeah. No, they actually send our full schools, so we would go as a full unit. Maybe because we were UL, such a small school. Or UCC, or, you know, these, they were the kind of open days I would go to, but I do know people who, if they wanted to go to WIT or up to Dublin and where I was from, a, a lot of people did do that, but they would travel with, your, with their families like you did. But I think it's more of a... Maybe more of an American thing to yeah. do that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm open. You can tweet me. So my dad said, let's go to Ireland and tour the school and hand in your application in person. Which, like, I'll, I've said this a million times and I'll say this a million times more. My family are incredible. My parents, we're so lucky. As in whatever you want to do, they're like, let's do it. This is how, how are you going to do it? It was never... This is how we're gonna do. This. How are you gonna do it? Go figure out how you're. Except gonna... for the whole jockey journey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they usually don't crush my dreams, <laughs> except for that one. That time. one exception. So you were like, we're going to Limerick. Yeah, and uh-huh. he he was like, you figure everything out. Wow. Very like this is mm. where you're gonna fly into and stuff. Because of course he could do it in two seconds. Yeah. But he. That's how parents teach you though. Exactly. Like, they got to a point. Like when I let you do your own maths there. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> you should have told us the answer. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we went to UL and I had emailed saying I'd like a tour of the, the building and just an idea of the course and blah, blah, blah. And we met with Frank McGurty. No! The guy that sent you the email. The guy that responded to my email. That's so cute. So we went on the tour. He showed us all the buildings, the labs, everything. And then at the end of it, he took us to his office and I was we were just chatting. And I was like, oh, this is a long shot. But do you remember about... Seven years ago, there was a little girl who sent you an email about coming to UL. He was like, yeah, I printed off the email and we had it on the bulletin board. No! No. I was like, that was me. He's like, get away. That's crazy. He was so happy. He was like, I'm so glad that you stuck with it and you're here. Yeah. Because he looked at my grades and everything. He's like, that's good. Like, well done. And it was such a nice full circle moment. This is so beautiful. (laughs) And so I applied to only UL. I had written up applications for other schools and he had never sent them. How does it work, actually? Because, like, obviously with us, we have the lean search and we had to hit a certain amount of points to to get into a course. So how does it work for you in terms of, do you just write an application letter and give her your grades and stuff? Yeah. So what I did was I wrote an application letter and then I gave them my grades up until, so it's the last semester that I didn't have grades for. And I needed to have an average of, I think it's 85% across all the, all my scores or yeah. grades or whatever. And I had that because in Ireland, the grading system works differently to ours. Uh-huh. So an A in Ireland is an 85 and, and above. above yeah. For us, it was 90 and above. Whoa. So I had A's and B's. So my average was high enough that I got into it. Brilliant. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> 
sacrifice. That, that was, was the baby. baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she thinks of your grades. <laughs> oh, wow. She's like, Mom, you got bees? Yeah. <laughs> Motherhood. We'll, we'll get on to that yeah. a little bit later. So I got into UL. Okay. And, and that's where you met us. That's where I met you guys, unfortunately. Yeah. So my then Through rugby, by the way. Through the, the team of all lived with her. Yeah. Oh yeah. So literally my then first it was me and you though. Yeah. The first day moving into UL and we get into our accommodation. <laughs> I know where this is going. Okay. Get into our accommodation and my door they give you like your room and everything so I, my door was the first one as you walk through the main door there's the corridor my door was first on the right and so the door was open my mom was helping me unpack and my sister and I were in the kitchen I think and so all of a sudden you just hear the front door open and my sister and I are like oh pretty people but all you hear is hi I'm Fiona and then my mom <laughs> was in my room so uh-huh. Fiona introduced herself to <laughs> my mother thinking my mother was the student and my mom is a very Undine, you were looking great. <laughs> Undine is a very useful looking woman. She's a queen. Also, I'd like to but, say I'd like to think I sound a bit cooler than that, but I, I, I don't. Because no, what happened is my mom is the type of person where she would go, no. And then she just pointed at me. And then Fiona, without missing a beat, just turns to me and goes, hi, I'm Fiona. Like that had not, she didn't just say that. And I was like, oh. And we got on like a house on fire for the We really did, yeah. And we went to the clubs in socks. We joined rugby together. Uh-huh. No, you joined rugby. Oh, yeah. I no, joined mountain biking. Uh, <laughs> Everything sky- but rugby. Skydiving. Oh, yeah, we both you did, did skydiving. Sky yeah. yeah, rowing. So a bunch of other stuff, stuff I nev- never went to. And Fiona joined rugby. So Fiona was going to rugby one evening and I didn't have anything on. And she said, come with me. And I said, no, I don't want to. <laughs> my dad played rugby. I grew up with it. And I was like, I'm not going to get tackled. No, thank you. And she's like, oh, just come. We're not even tackling yet. It's just running around and meeting people. I was like, all right, grand. Rock up. <laughs> and it, was probably, it was probably in Maguire's, wasn't it? No, it was no, 10 it was, acres. 10 acres. It was the 10 acres. And Jill was there, Fiorini was there. Culture, These are all now international Irish players mm. for yeah. those of you not on the scene. Like we had a really good structure. We did. We were very lucky oh, with the incredible. setup that we had. And in future podcasts, these women wouldn't potentially feature. Yes. So we were training. We were training and the rest is history. I played rugby up until year before last. Anna's technically an international player. Yeah. So <laughs> no, yeah, no. You are. Yeah. That is something that I want to touch on, like later on in the podcast. Okay. Is that I'm I put myself down and I I humble myself, but to the point where I'm selling myself short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not yeah. Yes, I played rugby sevens. I wasn't very good, but I played sevens for Barbados in the Olympic qualifiers for nice. the North I didn't America. know that either. I'm learning lots. <laughs> yeah. No, I did. We didn't get far. And but you represented your country and you answered the blue and yellow cup. So you've told us your journey in regards to UL, but you actually did more co- education post-UL. Yeah. Uh, you did a master's. I did. And what was the master's in? The master's was in animal behaviour and welfare. Okay. So and what made you decide, I suppose, as well? You guys mentioned in the last podcast about co-op. And for my co-op, I went to England for four months and then I went to Australia for four months. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I'd forgotten actually. I went that. to Clamel. 
Count Tipperary. Count Cork and still there. <laughs> but Anna went to Australia. Yeah, so we had a module in second or third year. It was in second year because it was the year that I had broken my leg playing oh, yeah. rugby. Um, there was a module <laughs> on equine behavior, and we learned about uh, equitation science through scientific knowledge of how horses learn. Okay. And that was all taught through the Australian Equine Behaviour Centre. When I was applying for places to go for co-op... Let me guess, you sent an email. I sent an email. <laughs> Did you? Yes. <laughs> like, if so you don't funny. send the emails, you you never know. Yeah, I think true. that's you very important. You never know about yeah. something unless you ask. Because I was like, look, the worst they could do is say no. We yeah. don't take people. And I logged onto their website and they actually do a student program for four months, which yeah. was perfect. And I applied and I got the acceptance one night after we got home from the lodge. Oh, God. So The lodge, for everyone that doesn't know, is like this it's dodgy... It's not there anymore. I know back in our day, it was like this dodgy nightclub that everyone kind of was the go-to place. It was just off campus. Yeah, it was like really close. To walk away, really. You didn't have to go into the city to go there. And it was it was messy. Oh. Um, yeah, it wasn't great, but it, we loved it. It was it was a lot. So, needless to say, I was inebriated, and <laughs> I got the acceptance saying yes, we'd love to have you for that time period. This is what you'll need to have because I needed to apply for a visa mm-hmm. for Australia. So I applied for the visa, drunk. And I have a vague <laughs> recollection of this. I feel like I was part of the lodge party. And I would be surprised if you were part of the exceptions. Like, Anna, Anna, <laughs> say this. Anna, write this down. <laughs> and honestly, by the time I woke up, I had gotten gotten the visa. So within so the whatever you said in your drunk email worked. So I went to Australia, and while I was there, I fell in love with horses and riding all over again. That's amazing. Australia is a very good country for all that. They have such space and... It's amazing. It's incredible. And honestly, this is something that anybody who is a boss, they should take note of. The people I worked for, Andrew and Manuela McLean, are amazing people to work for. They are kind. They are patient. They are understanding. That's what you need, really. It it? was... Like, they nourish anybody who came through. It didn't matter if you were there for a week for lessons yeah. or four months for a working... Um, they really took pride in they, helping yeah. people. And- to the point where I was sweeping. Because you wake up in the mornings and they had such achievable... Like, not achievable isn't the word. They had such reasonable schedules for people in terms of not everyone had to wake up at the butt crack of dawn and mm. everyone had to muck out. It was literally one person get up earlier and they rotated it so it was an even amount of times you woke up early and you'd feed the horses and then everyone else would join. And it came to a point where Manu came out to me and she was like, Anna, what are you doing? We have lessons. Come watch a lesson. I was like, oh, I just want to tidy up. She's like, sweep later. Learn now. And as a result, I had such pride in their farm. I wanted to make sure that anybody who walked on that property was like, this is the place. This is the elite. This is the best. I really learned a lot while I was working with them Mm -hmm. and studying with them to the point where I was like, this is what I'm doing with my life. I want to train horses and train riders to understand and horse people it's not just about dressage or show jumping this is even if you just have a pony in your backyard how to ethically and sustainably train your horse to the point where they understand and you understand and you have that 
level but that kind of bond with exactly horse, and it's yeah. not because everyone's like oh so you're a horse whisperer no this isn't feelings or anything like this mm. is science andrew mclean has done so many studies on how horses learn that he has then tailored the training to fit the horse mm-hmm. it's like that um, albert einstein quotes an elephant will think it's stupid if it can't swim or you said that yeah it, it was there is different one that's like a, a fish will think it's stupid if you tell it to climb a tree that's yeah, the one you can only judge <laughs> an elephant <on> swimming <laughs> i like your one i think you're thinking of the one that's like how do you eat an, eat an elephant that's piece by piece piece by piece that's another thing it's just an, an analogy for take but, your time yeah. and you'll get yeah. to it but what i meant was the fish climbing a tree one yeah. if you judge it on yeah. that intelligence yeah. the fish exactly. would be stupid exactly yeah. if yeah. we try and train a horse according to our standards the horse is going to get like what because they don't yeah. speak english and get pissed off and angsty and, and that's where you problems. get those conflict yeah. behaviors like the bucking the biting and all those things that are just that makes sense th- yeah the horse is confused and he's gonna act out some horses enter into learned helplessness where they just shut down mm-hmm. and others like become violent Aggressive and stuff, yeah. yeah so it was just something that i was like i recognize all these behaviors because i've been doing it wrong not wrong just in a way that the horse couldn't understand so once yeah. i was there everything fell into place and i was like this is what i'm gonna do mm-hmm. wow. and so then when i got back to ul you were motivated i was motivated yeah but it was also really scary because Entering into fourth year, from the time I was nine to the time I was, what age would I be now, Fee? 2021. Yeah, that's the one. (laughs) (laughs) Math. 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 Quick muff. (laughs) Yes. Muff. I knew what I was going to do. I was going to UL, I was going to study equine science, and I was coming up to the end of this, and I was like, what am I going to do now? So I was like, I want to work with animal welfare and behavior. So... I just literally, again, typed that into Google. Sent another <laughs> email. Queen. And I found the course and I applied. I was like, if I get in, I get in. If I don't, I, I'll deal with that then. My mom's favorite saying is, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that one as well. <clears throat> you so, can't think too much down the line. Exactly. Sometimes yeah. you just got to do. Exactly. So I applied and I got in, which was amazing. At the time, I was like, yes, because I, I wanted to continue studying. And I, it was in a field that I wanted to do. So I moved to Belfast on my own. How was that? That was the scariest thing I've ever done. It was three years, wasn't it? Two years? You okay? I moved with Bruce. Oh, oh. yeah, did. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah, he's just like my best friend he for was. the time I was there. And your protector and yeah. your buddy. He was. Oh, he's going to get honorable mention. Yeah, so Bruce, <laughs> for everyone that doesn't know, Bruce was Anna's first dog. Her first like little partner in crime, he was a bulldog, and we actually all had like days where we babysat him yeah. in, in in college. We grew up at Bruce. Yeah, and unfortunately, he got sick the last couple of weeks and passed away a few days ago. Yeah. So, but you, I I visited you in Belfast yeah. with Bruce, and he yeah. was <clears throat> he was everything. Um, he was amazing yeah. on the the days where I didn't like want to get up and it was cold I had to walk him because yeah. he was like like the baby opinionated <laughs> and if you didn't do what he wanted he would let you know and bark until he was like look we gotta go so he was the reason I got out of bed some days when I just didn't feel yeah. like it because mm-hmm. college wasn't every day because it was research as well mm-hmm. so the days where 
I didn't have class and I wasn't getting out of bed. He was like, you getting up and you walking me today. <laughs> yeah. Did you work while you were there as well? I did work while I was and there. how did you balance? Like, that must have been hard work, research, studying classes and then Bruce as well. There was this really kind lady that would walk Bruce for me because her dog was sick with cancer too, I think. Okay. And she didn't get to walk as much. So she and I came to an agreement. I gave her the keys to my house and she'd come and get Bruce on the days that oh, I had wow. class and work. Okay. And so he'd get to go for a walk. She'd get to walk her dog. And you got, I got to go to class. Exactly. Yeah. And then when it started to get really serious the last few weeks, Alan came up and took Bruce down to Limerick with him and he was living in a rugby house. So they were, they had so much fun with him. Yeah. And yeah, but the course itself was great. I loved learning because we didn't just do horses. It mm-hmm. was animals, all animals, farm animals, zoo animals. Oh, so that must have been nice because it was, you've now yeah, done such a variety. Yeah, exactly. Of, exactly. I got to like expand a bit more. Yeah. Mm. And I loved it. It was literally watching videos of chimpanzees was homework. <laughs> oh my god, we would have watched them anyway. But would you have watched like homework. the videos of cats doing this? Yeah, <laughs> my favorite subject was navigation. At the time, it was navigation, and they had little baby sea turtles in lycra swimsuits and they'd put them in the water and then see how they would navigate and they'd be tethered to a little pole and it'd be like a baby turtle on a leash. So cute. So cute. So literally, I was... Old baby turtle. So lucky to... I like turtles. (laughs) (laughs) I like turtles. Oh my God, do you remember that video? Anyway, funny. We digress. But no, I was incredibly lucky that I found my first degree in exactly what I wanted to do, Mm -hmm. which sometimes I stop and I think... You pigeonholed yourself. I feel like that sometimes too, yeah. that literally all I've done is the same thing. Yeah. But. But. Yes. We, we are where we're supposed to be. Yeah. Exactly. And then with my undergraduate degree, I loved every second of it. Every other second of it. And then to find a master's degree that was so exactly what I wanted to and do. complemented everything exactly. you learned as And well. broadened a little bit of, like you said, you studied so many other animals. Exactly. I know I, I've been so lucky with my educational journey. Yeah, so and that far. kind of, you've kind of answered what would have been, I suppose, the next question. You, unlike maybe a lot of people, and more like you rather than me, went through quite a few stages of further education. So I suppose the question that you've answered is, do you find that that was beneficial after going through it all because a lot of people have always argued and what we discussed in our last episode was yes whether education mainstream education is the be all and end all but it kind of we've what we've boiled down to and what probably a lot of people think it it depends on the person yeah so you seem to be from a very young age you knew what you really wanted to do and how to get there yeah and pursued the path to get there nine years old yeah Sorry, still struggling with that one. Think, I think I was wanted to be a superhero at nine years old. I still want <laughs> to be a superhero. Want to be so superhero. I haven't changed much. But like that decision to go through that further education, do you find it was the right decision for you? And, or, and would you recommend someone, or what would you say to someone that was in, or in a similar situation? I am very happy with the path I took. There, like I said, there okay. are days where I'm like, that was a bad idea. You should have been an accountant. Because that way you could go and get a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't have the traditional CV where I can hand it in and be like, this is what I do. People uh-huh. are like, so you brush horses. Yeah. And then okay. you go one extreme, people are like, oh, so you brush horses. And you go to the other extreme where people are like, oh, so you're a vet. And I'm like, no. Yeah. I do not ever claim to be a vet. I am not a vet. I did not do veterinary medicine. But I'm happy with where it took me. 
in terms of I got TUL and then we studied behavior and then from there I was able to find out that behavior is where I should be. That's yeah. your niche. That's yeah. your area. Very good. That's what you find the most interesting. Yeah. yeah. Getting but to the crux of what these animals be. Exactly. Be thinking yeah. in their heads. But I wouldn't necessarily recommend that for everybody. Yeah. Okay. I used to. And I used to think everybody has to go to college. Mm-hmm. Everybody has to finish school uh-huh. and do a degree. No diplomas, degrees. Uh-huh. And then the more people I meet, the more I live life. I'm like, you do whatever it is that, that suits gets you, you out of bed time. in the morning. Yep, 100%. Yeah. There's some people I have met who are so intelligent. For example, my husband, Alan. He is so intelligent and very capable. He, in the last year, decided he wanted to get into carpentry. And His stuff's pretty good. Creating things. Creating yeah. things. Yeah. And he's so good at that. Yeah. But I don't think that if he went to university... Would he have achieved... He wouldn't those? have... Yeah. Touched off that maybe. Not only touched off that, I don't think he would have succeeded if in the same, yeah. in the same yeah. university setting. Yeah. He's more... It's because I think a lot of education... There's like, this is the path. You do. Yes. There's no one way to do something. Yeah. Exactly. But colleges teach you this one way. Exactly. Yeah, and if do you this. don't do it, then it's the wrong way. Exactly. Whereas, and it, it kind of leads us to the next one, which is what sort of skills did you learn outside of education that you did that you wouldn't have learned? Yeah. You mean college? from the university of life? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what did you learn from the university of life that you didn't learn from the university of Limerick? Ah, oh, there's so much. There's so much that you learn by doing yeah. yeah if that makes sense yeah no we and i can't even say i can't separate it yeah. at this point in time experience is everything experience that's it and i remember the first rugby match i played for young monsters it was i had done all the training and now in fairness i never really applied myself to rugby until the last few years that i was playing and so I had done all the training with UL with incredible coaches. And then Ailish Toner was like, you're here on the weekends anyway. Why don't you come train with Young Monsters? Sure. So it's her fault I met Alan. And <laughs> I blame her every day. <laughs> but we were training and I was still training. And then it was match day and I was on the bench, whatever. And I usually never got on, but I went drinking afterwards. So I was happy. And Eddie Montgomery turns to me. He's like, Anna, you're on. I was like, what? And he's like, I'm good here. No, I was like, I'm cool. It's cool. Don't worry. And this was like before half time. And I was like, I don't know. a good chunk of game. Exactly. I was like, I don't know what to do. Because at that point in time, I couldn't catch a ball. (laughs) Everything went out of my head. And he was like, this is a baptism by fire. And this is the only way you're going to get good. And to me, that has been a metaphor for everything. It's not just... Sorry, baby's crying. It's not just for rugby, it's for everything. Like when I went to dentistry school and I did all the theory, I had read all the books I had to before I got there. And the minute you open up a horse's mouth, it's a baptism by fire. You learn what to do very quickly. You Mm -hmm. learn what not to do very quickly because you'll cut your finger, you'll get your finger bitten off and stuff like that. So it's a case of just doing and learning through that way. I suppose yeah. we should go back. So once you finished your master's, you also went and did a, a dentistry, a horse dentistry course as well. Yeah. Sorry, I'm really scattered. <laughs> Anna loves to learn just like feet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really scattered and all over the shop. But 
yes. So when we were in France, like I said, it was hard for myself to get a job because I didn't speak French and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. And at one point, I went back to Barbados. And turns out, something I never knew, my uncle is a racehorse trainer. The the nine-year-old jockey wannabe didn't know. I say my uncle. He is my aunt's husband's brother. I never met him. I went to the races one day, and my cousin was there. I was like, what are you doing here? He's like, my uncle's a trainer. I was like, what do you mean your uncle's a trainer? You've never told me before (laughs) Mm -hmm. now. And again, you're always where you're supposed to be at the right time. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I had never met this man before in my life. It was to the point where I was like, I'm going to give up on horses. I'm going to just go and do a job that I can work in an office and make money. And I met Philip. And he was like, you do horses, come. And so I was his assistant trainer for the next three months. And I learned so much. And then I met the dentist. Oh, the dental technician. And he was like, yeah, I'm looking, not looking to retire, but he's getting older. And he's like, I'd like somebody to do this. And I was like, I've always been interested in the biomechanics of horses. And a lot of that starts in the mouth. Not a lot. Nearly all of it starts in the mouth. Like when you're riding a horse, that's that's how you control them. That's your communication. That's Mm. your language. So I was like, wow. So to go from nearly quitting horses professionally Mm -hmm. to going, nah, I'm going to be a dental technician and finding a school and going to do equine dentistry which is something that I really, really enjoy as well because I can also use my behavior in that as of well. Of course. Because you're doing something that a horse mm-hmm. is like, what are you trying to do to me? So you can use, I can use things that I learned. So everything you did added, like, has always added. Just added exactly. another skill point to the same kind of thing. Exactly. And it's not something that nine-year-old Anna sat <laughs> down and planned out. It was something... Yeah. She did the first step and then life, life and everything else. I think that's really important, yeah. isn't it? That's an incredible journey and you've obviously Huge. had a lot of support. And you know, you Like your journey has started from nine years of age, incredible, which is yeah. insane. Now, to the listeners, you don't have to know what you want to do at nine years no. of age. And it's just like an exception where she... but I think that's... No, it's not a freak. It's, it's, yeah. it's great that you were... Because so many people struggle. Yeah, and I think the lesson there is yeah. if, if you want something, go get it. Yeah. I'd like to add a little footnote. Footnote. There was, there were three years where I didn't work. And at the time I was like, oh, you're not working. You're not making money. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Because we all have in our head, you finish university, you get a job and you make money. Like your Mm -hmm. 20s is about making bank, right? It is, yeah. We are conditioned to do that. Exactly. And I wasn't. I was relying on my partner at the time to take care of us. And Mm -hmm. I felt... Like a failure. No. Nine-year-old Anna wouldn't be proud of this. She, you know, she wanted to go to university and do all this. And now what is she doing with her degree? Nothing. But what happened was, is without even realizing, I learned about myself. And I learned about what I like, what I don't like, what I should and shouldn't put up with. Mm-hmm. Not just from others, but from myself. Like, I was really mean to me. Like, I'd be like, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your life just sitting here. You're not... And I couldn't see that I was learning about myself and about yeah. the world and stuff like that. So I was really grateful. Now, I am really grateful for those three years that I didn't work. Because mm-hmm. not many people get that luxury no. to figure themselves out without the pressures of work or, 
anything like because that. you would have had quite an accelerated learning exactly, and growth experience anyway yeah, from exactly. moving from Barbados and all to that. Limerick and then to Belfast. I had my two degrees by the time I was 22 yeah like that's incredible that was that it it's insane yeah and so I was 22 and I hadn't had a real job and I was like you should have a real job now and so I got the real job and I was miserable but 22 mm. year old and I was like no this is my time exactly yeah. so I was 23 when we moved to France and I was like no I, once I figured out I was learning about myself, I was like, I don't want to work. I have the luxury right now of not working. And yeah. it was also, my mom told me as well. She was like, use this time wisely. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily to get a job. you won't get that time again. Exactly. Yeah, especially She's like, now the baby. Exactly. Yeah. She's like, if you move somewhere and you get a job, you're going to be so busy working and stuff like that. You won't have time to work on yourself. So use this time to know about you. So I would literally just sit and think and feel and... All sorts of stuff. So Mm -hmm. I was speaking to somebody, I think it was last year, and this person was 22, you know, but they had a big job, big managerial position, ran a team, everything. And they were very condescending. And they were like, oh, Anna, no offense, but I have more responsibility than you do. And I was like, I know you do. And that was a choice. Mm -hmm. And they were like, what? I said, I chose to not... Without even realizing it, I chose to not start working straight away because the type of person I am, I would have burned myself out mm-hmm. by the time I turned 28. I if, completely understand that. If nine-year-old Anna knew what she wanted to do and I went all the way for 20 years, just go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. By 29, I would have not known who I was. Yeah, you I would have hated what I do mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have been that settled self that comfortable in yourself exactly what you know you're here Mm -hmm. to do not to get all philosophical about it but exactly and that person like throughout your journey your all your education and your three years or whatever of taking some time for yourself is he there or he or she or whoever the person was the only kind of negative sort of feedback or encounter that you got through your journey did you get any other sort of negative stuff and or and how did you deal with that if you did because you yeah. mentioned a while ago that your family was super supportive and uh, alan obviously yeah and Oscar, yeah, yeah exactly guys. no i i think if i have to be completely honest the most negative person i've ever had to deal with is myself oh wow okay like get real and deep. that's yeah. actually a really good thing to acknowledge yeah i am so when you when you acknowledge me. that it's huge. Like, it I is huge. Like we touched off that a bit last mm. week. I said sometimes getting up in the morning, the person it's has like to impo- was myself. Yeah. It's like imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. You have this yes. overwhelming feeling of like, I'm not supposed to be here. Somebody's going to find me out. Yeah. And the, the voice in my head is like, you are going to mess up. Mm-hmm. Why even bother trying? You're going to mess up. You're not good enough to do this. Mm-hmm. You're not... You're not good at it. You're not, you're, this isn't what you're supposed to yeah. do kind mm-hmm. of thing. And did that, was that part of your decision to make, take those three years? Do you think that was kind of underlying is, there? I keep, I call it a decision now, but at the time it was, it was kind of like, oh, to get real, real spacey, the universe decided for me. Uh-huh. Okay. Because the way it worked out is I quit my job. I didn't job, have much, of a, didn't have much of a choice. And now looking back, that was a decision that was made for me for by, you. as you said, like the universe will put you in a place that you're supposed to. That you're supposed yeah. to. Okay, this is this is really cheesy. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all, all about the cheese. <laughs> We're in France. It's fromage. We're all about the cheese here in France. Um, I always said, oh, you're supposed. To, the universe puts you where you're supposed to be. Blah blah blah. Mm. But I was watching 
RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, girl. You guys can oh, have girl. a talk about that time. There was, it was, this is my time to shine. <laughs> <laughs> it was season 10, and one of the drag queens had applied every year. She So it was her 10th year applying. Uh-huh. And she got in. And Ross Matthews, my favorite judge ever. Oh, he's fab. He said, sometimes the universe knows better. Which, for me, that, like, struck home. As a person who wants to plan every single aspect Mm -hmm. of my life, to be told by the universe, I know better. Wait. Take these three years, learn about yourself, be comfortable with who you are. And I think that was amazing to have because now going forward, I know what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. And who you are. And, and you know all am. those decisions you made yeah. led you to this, yeah. and they were the right ones. Exactly. I think that's a very important takeaway. You can't rush things. And also, don't do what everyone else expects, expects you to yeah. do and what you think you should, should be, be doing. doing. Yeah. Oh, like, that, that could be, thing. oh, you could be working As, Leah, in a job that you should be doing according to your degree, yeah. or I should have finished my PhD in the timeline that they're telling you. That's the correct way yeah. to go. Life doesn't work like that. Like, the, what I keep saying to people now is everyone's definition of success is different. Mm-hmm. Yes. And your timeline to success is yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can't, if, what is it? If you're not happy on the journey, you won't be happy at the destination. Yeah. yeah. You haven't even, we haven't even need to interject with the questions because you've kind of just naturally yeah. gone through them, which is great. Like, you, you've covered, like, the people that support you, people that didn't, or you've covered what motivated you and you've covered whether you had any doubts and how you powered through them. Like you've covered nearly all the questions that we've, we've kind of asked, but I guess the next one that you haven't covered, but you almost have is like what motivates or what drives you to keep going and pursuing it or pursuing your career or your journey, as I like to put it. What used to motivate me was not disappointing nine-year-old Anna, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She seems like a boss. She was. Yes. She seems like a tough cookie. She was really determined. <laughs> <laughs> and and then at, for a while it was I don't want to disappoint my parents because of how supportive they are. I mm. don't want to be letting them down. letting them down. I think that's a huge thing for a lot of people. Yeah. Because and my like, family, like my whole family, especially when you've made such a move, to, yeah, you know, like exactly. I went so far away and I made such a big deal about I feel it. Feel like there's the these expectations of it. Yeah. yeah. And I guess the, the final question that we want to ask before we go into the more kind of fun questions um, is what's next for Ana Barbados? Fun time. We are going down this scariest route now. Mm-hmm. Alan is retiring from rugby. How many te- years has he technically been playing? He's been playing professionally for 10 years. Wow. Yeah, that's... Congratulations, Alan. <laughs> All the best in your retirement. Yeah. And he's been playing rugby since he was six. Mm-hmm. And he's 32 now. So That's a big change. Like. That's a big change. Especially now that we have the baby. Uh-huh. It was, <laughs> it's so scary because it's what he's done. And it's all his known kind exactly. of. Exactly. Yeah. And for the last few years, it's how we've survived as a uh-huh. family. And so we, once he retires at the end of this season... We're moving to Barbados. Woohoo, we've another trip coming up. Oh, I guess we'll just have to go visit We'll have to do the second half of this Shame. in on the beach. Yeah, exactly. We digress. So you're moving so home. So we're moving yeah. home. I'm so excited because... You've been wanting to move home for a long time. I've lived in Europe for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you're I here a long time. in 2009 in July yeah. to go wow. to UL. And then it'll be July 2019 when we That's leave. That's so nice. In all honesty... That being said, living 
in France has been amazing. Yeah. Living in Ireland has been amazing. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing like home. Yeah. Yeah. Living at home is going to be so nice. And it'll be so cool to raise her there. I to think. raise her with my family and mm. around family. But the scary part is Alan has to be a citizen before. So you got to work. Before he can work. So uh -huh. I have to be the breadwinner. Yeah. So it's going to be that change in dynamic. So nine-year-old Anna is going to pop back out again. Yeah. And she's already <laughs> stressing. I have had a constant headache for the last few weeks trying to figure it out. But... I've learned yeah. it will figure itself out. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't have to stress about it because when I stress about it, I stress twice. And if it might not even all that you've told it. us has told us anything is that you will absolutely work it like a boss. Yeah. You'll be, <laughs> yeah. you'll be yes, controlling I will. Every, you'll be bossing Boss everybody else around. Yeah. So. Yes, I will. And what's for you won't pass you by. Yeah, and exactly. like you said, you're in the place, right place where you need to be mm -hmm. now. And it's sending you to Barbados. And that's obviously where you're supposed to be. And I think it's be. a super exciting It is exciting. No, it's it's exciting. scary. But exciting. Yeah. So when we move home, it's going to be me working. And I appreciate the fact that to get my business of being a behavioral, a behaviorist and a trainer mm -hmm. and a dental technician off the ground is going to take time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I am pulling inspiration from our very own Leah Barber. <laughs> oh, I like, try. Oh, starting, <laughs> Seriously. Honestly, starting your own uh, business. I'm like, okay. No, because when you started your business, <laughs> you were working. Yeah. And I was like, that's how I want to do it too. And it's amazing. Uh, no, in all honesty, <laughs> I, like I'll work and I'll do what I have to do to pay the bills. But mm -hmm. I also want it on my side hustle. Yeah. Do what side. I love. It's all about side hustle. Exactly. It's all about side hustle. And then hopefully, I know it might not be a year. But down the line, I can start working part time and then work, do my business a bit more full time. And then at the end of the day, get to Leah's level. You do what you want. I'm still learning a lot, but that means a lot that you. I think that's that's I never thought of myself as being someone that inspires other people. You're that's the thing. I'm just we like, don't know uh, that we're inspiring. Until, yeah. Until that's it. Like when I met, when we were messing, because like we mentioned in the last. I think we mentioned in the podcast that we all have this like group chat. Yes, we did. And I remember I was like, when we come over to France, we're doing your podcast. And you were like, I'm not interested. Yeah, I'm not inspirational or interested. I'm like, I'm sorry, you moved halfway yeah. across the world to learn and better yourself. Like, that's pretty inspirational. And that's something that people need to hear. Yeah. That is something that, not not the being inspirational part, but that is something I also had to learn in my three years of learning about myself mm -hmm. is to know your worth yes and know that like just stop putting yourself down yeah. i i always am telling people i was like oh no i don't speak french i speak french or no i didn't yeah. play for barbados yeah so the first day like when we arrived here like the last time we were here you were like i don't know how long you had been here but you were still really good at french but when we came here yesterday and you were talking like just started a conversation with someone i was like damn girl yeah, you know some French. Constantly doing Cross that, salt. I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even say that word properly. <laughs> no, like seriously, I'd say, oh no, I don't speak French, or my do? Dutch is okay, or yeah, I'm an all right writer. I've been writing nearly my whole, not nearly for my whole life, yeah. more than half my life, and I keep, I'm still like, oh yeah, I'm all right at this, or. Whereas it's gas because when we think of horses, I immediately think of you, the best person I know at horses. Same. So, or, you know, videography and content creation, I think of you. But you guys don't think of that. No. Likewise, when you think of uh, engineering and, and 3D that, printers, you think of 3D yeah. print, you think of me. But I'd be like, oh, no, 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 I just use them. Yeah. But, you know, but uh, no, I know them. And so that kind of way. it was last week where my dad pulled me up on it because I 
Go, Dad. Yeah. yeah. No, seriously. He, I sent him my CV because he was going to print it and hand it off to somebody at work who was hiring or whatever. In Barbados for in your Barbados, future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he read my CV. He's like, Anna, you've left a lot out. I was uh-huh. like, no, I kind of just condensed it. He's like, no, you're being too modest. Mm-hmm. You need to put in. This is what you do. And don't talk What kind of things that you left out? I never included, like I said, oh, I'm proficient at Dutch. I'm fluent. You're fluent. <laughs> Your family is from my. I, yeah. I've spoken Dutch. You have a Dutch spoken. passport, don't you? Yep. Yep. My dad's oh, from... Oh, and you said you were profi- proficient. I, I never put in that I speak French. I never put in that I speak Spanish. Um, my dad was like, why did you leave that out? I was like, I don't know. I don't want to brag. I don't want to go to the other mm-hmm. extreme where I'm like, oh, guys. Do you think that's a woman thing? I think it is. And... It was something that it really struck me when I was watching the new Netflix documentary, mm-hmm. Knock Down the House, where Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, mm-hmm. she was going up, she With was debating. Name. Yeah, it's cool. That you can pronounce correctly because you speak Spanish and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, she was, go- she was going into a debate with the congressman that had had that seat for 14 years or something Mm -hmm. like that. And she's just sitting there preparing and she's like, I need to take up space. I am mature enough. I am capable. Mm -hmm. I am ready for this. I can do this. And it's something that I think we feel, I don't know if it's a woman thing or a young person thing. It's Mm -hmm. interesting. So my um, girl I used to live with applied for a new job recently. And she was, you know, getting herself psyched up and she was reading, you know, we all Google, you know, your questions for interviews and an interesting article she found on LinkedIn. And it's premised the whole article was about that if there is a job advertisement and a man has 50 to 70 percent of the criteria mm-hmm. required for the job, he'll apply. Yeah. But a woman will only apply if she has up to 100 percent or 150 yeah. percent of what okay. they need. Yeah. I and do find don't that. And then the men, enough. the man will probably be picked over the woman. That's yeah. there's loads of studies to show yeah. that yeah. and prove that too. But I, it's just something, yeah. Because we're all at these kind of interchangeable areas in our lives, yeah. which is probably what spawned this idea of the podcast mm. in in you, Leah, and and things like that. But I do feel that it's not knowing your worth yeah. is yeah. super important. Even when you're going out into your own business and, and charging people, you exactly. know, I, I, Leah, you definitely yeah. know more about that now than I would. Yeah. Like my first client, my first dental client, I had worked on all her horses and her last horse was a V1 TCH. Just, okay, sorry. <laughs> in, terms of, in terms of behavioral tar- like talk, she wasn't being a bitch. She just was not aware of what I was doing. And I was teaching her, but she had had so many different... Like trainers and just no. different experiences yeah. that she wasn't appreciating me being in her mouth and it was getting to the point where it was being dangerous uh-huh. and so I said I'll finish off on a good note today and I'll come back and I'll finish up on a good note you know just do it little by little rather than tackling the whole like the elephant thing yeah <laughs> well, how do you eat an elephant piece by piece piece by piece so then the next day I went back and I finished up on the horse and it was fine. And I was like, oh, um, if it's okay, I'll charge you. I won't charge you. And she's like, no, you did work. What What do I owe you? Yeah. And I was like, well, would half the fee be okay? You know, in yeah. that voice. And she was like, you tell me how much I pay you. You take up space. Yes, you, you take up space. Yeah, paid with and your own. Exactly. And so I was like, 25 euro which was half anyway. Yeah. But I was like, 25 euro. And she's like, here is your 25 euro. You know, and she was really forceful. People do Good. react better to confidence. Exactly. Like, 
and I've started to learn that and I'm still struggling but I'm getting better and it's even the same with like when I've invoiced people and they take forever to pay you and you're like when you send reminders would you mind could you please pay pay my invoice please whereas now I'm like as per my last email yeah Yeah. this is overdue (laughs) I've done the work I'm not doing any more work until this is paid and what had happened was that was my first client and to the point where the last client I had before I had baby when they were called to ask about the fee I said well it's a 50 euro fee depending on what I have to do it might be more yeah and they were like oh well so and so usually does it for 35 I was like well then you can get so and so to do it because yes. I provide a different service yes like I'm not putting anyone down no, no. but you I know, provided you know your work exactly yeah. and yeah. I felt like once I said it because then after I hung up I was like Oh my god! It's the same. I'm the same. Like people come back. That's a high rate. I'm like, okay, this is my fee. Get the person that's cheaper and see how you're doing in a few weeks. Exactly. And funny enough, when I stood up for myself and I said, "This is the fee," they were like, "Okay," and they paid it. Mm-hmm. And I got to see so and so working. The last I was at a farm and he was there. Yeah. His work wasn't I'll what describe. it what it should have yeah. been. Because I looked at the horse afterwards because he was like, oh, come, because he's a more senior technician. So I was yeah. like, I want to learn as much as yeah. I can. But another thing that I've learned is negatives are lessons as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So even if it's a bad experience, it's still an experience. And yeah. something you can learn. How- and something you can, you can learn, learn from wins. You can only can- learn from losses. Exactly. Yeah. You either win yeah. or you learn. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm getting there. You, Slowly, but you're sure. a girl. <laughs> I think you're there. I think you're... I think life is a constant journey of learning. Yeah, you're never yeah. not if learning. You're not learning. You're, you're yeah, not living, not progressing. Yeah. Everyone has this experience that shows them that you're so much more capable than you even realize. Yeah, we were gonna ask you about the three inspirational women or people that you have in your life, but I think we've kind of agreed that like you've spoken so much about like your family and stuff like that. A lot of people that have kind of helped you and inspired yeah. you along your way. So the kind of other question we've is changed it a little bit. Yeah, we're changing it up a little bit here on the podcast. We're all about we're all about growth. So three people dead or alive that you would like to have over for dinner, and you don't have to say me and Leah because we're here for dinner. I mean, I'd be a little bit disappointed if you don't. <laughs> hey, she already said you're inspirational. I know. I suppose I would get super emotional and say my grannies mm-hmm. that have passed away. Okay. And you've cool. named your daughter after them, yeah. The middle name. The middle name, yeah. yeah. They were such beautiful people. And without even realizing it, like, for example, my mom's mom, my mm-hmm. gran, mm-hmm. she barely finished secondary school barely finished primary school sorry she never went to secondary school yeah and she had 13 babies whoa that that woman was popping them out literally (laughs) and she raised them all and to the point this is where i get that drive from Uh she was like whatever you do you do it to the best of your abilities do not give anything Mm. less than 100 percent and that has been our like our family grandparents and stuff like had so had so much tough more exactly. tough, tougher than we did. Exactly. Rather than we do. I mean. And she finished, she worked all while having those. Mm-hmm. She had 13 babies and then 11 of them survived. So having 11 children to look after and take oh. care of. And she worked full time. Uh-huh. Her husband wasn't the best support system. And after all her babies were grown and out of the house, she went to nursing school. Uh-huh. And she was a nurse because that's what she wanted Whoa. to do. Queen. At, 50 something something like that good on her yeah it's just but a number exactly and well into her 80s she was going on cruises and things like that and i would just yeah 
yeah, whenever I had a, a problem, for example, when Alan and I moved to France, like I said, I wasn't settled in myself. I wasn't comfortable with who I was and I was being really negative to me uh-huh. and which then affects your partner because if it you does. can't love yourself, how the I hell are you going to love somebody, somebody else? Can I get an amen? Amen. That's another Drag Race reference. Uh, well, yeah, that. in a relationship, <laughs> you're 50% of 100%. Yeah. Exactly. So if and you're if not you're, giving it. And if you're a negative 50%, mm. a mean person, mm. it seeps He's out. He's on his own. Exactly. So I went home and I was talking to my gran and I was like, oh, this is this. And she's like, none of that that you've just described is him. It's you. And you need to realize. You know, and she was just insightful. And, and Wise. She was, Wise. And she was telling me, she was saying, some people don't show love the same way you do. Uh-huh. She said there's different ways to show love. She's yep. like, you are touchy, feely, you compliment, you talk. Like, if I love you, I tell you, I love you. But Alan is more when he's in the shop and he knows you like a certain chocolate bar. Yeah. Exactly. He'll make sure that chocolate bar is yours. He'll bring it back for you. And to me, I was like, why is he always feeding me? Why is he always bringing things and he wants me to fa- No, it's his way of showing that he was thinking cares. of you and he mm-hmm. cares. And she's told me that. I was like, oh, I didn't even think of that. And now, doing a bit more psychology readings and stuff like that, those are love languages that yeah. people have studied to figure out. And my grandmother, without having she just knew, yeah. primary school yeah. education, she knew that, you know? So I'd have her and I would have my oma, so my dad's mother as well, uh-huh. because just the most kind woman. And she had... It's, again, the way women were back then. is so different to now. And she was just such a beautiful soul. I'd love to have them around mm-hmm. again. Do they count as two or one? Well, it depends. You want to bring two more people? Nah. Nah, I'll have them. Okay, uh-huh. one more, so. One more. So either you or me now. Rock, paper, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, we both picked it's rock. It's not <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> okay, fine. I can't. Honestly, I can't choose a third person, like one person. I would say, honestly, I would love to have all the women who helped raise me, like my aunties. I'd love to have just a dinner with all of them. They're so amazing and they're so funny and they teach you without being like, sit down and learn this lesson. You know, yeah. just by being them, they teach you. Teaching you, telling you their stories and experiences. Exactly. And, and then learning from them and stuff like that. So yeah. I'd say my grannies and then all my aunties, which is a We've lot. We've met a few of those aunties. We have. And they are good fun. They are. The crazy aunties. Oh, they're great. Which is we're modeling. We're modeling our yeah. auntie life. We're going to be those aunties for Aya yeah. Papaya, without yes. a shadow of a doubt. I'm so happy about that. <laughs> I suppose the next thing we want to just ask is, and you probably touched off this already, but do you have a favorite quote or a mantra that you live by or say to yourself to get you through the day? There's so many that it depends on the day. <laughs> okay. But do you have any ones that you like or you'd like to share? What one do you always kind of go back to? That's been a the one steady that, constant. The one I think I keep going back to is don't stress about it unless you have to. When you stress about a situation, you're actually stressing about it twice. Because mm-hmm. if you're going to stress while it's happening and then you stress before, it that would be it. That makes sense. Yeah, because I overanalyze everything. Mm-hmm. I'm the same. For the yeah. And yep. yeah, <laughs> as a result, it just it really gets gets you down. It mm-hmm. does, yeah. Because you're expecting so much. Exactly. And of then, yourself or of person. And exactly. a bit like what you're saying is people love in different ways and live in different ways. Mm-hmm. And you can't control that. Exactly. You can't control anything. No. Like I was saying earlier with 
Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, sorry, it's a mouthful, <laughs> when she said, I am capable, I need to take Fill up space. space yeah. yeah, that's what I'm going to start using when I yeah. when that negative yeah. voice starts to say, you, you don't got this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, no, I, I am capable. Yeah. I can do this. You is kind. You is smart. You is, smart. You you is, is important. important. So second to last question, knowing what you know now, and knowing what we know now from your your journey. In your instance, because of that like nine-year-old, yeah. uh, Adriana Vlogman was such a, a powerful personality back then. What would you say to your nine-year-old self after what you know now? Relax. <laughs> Relax. Relax. You are nine. <laughs> yeah. Like, I am grateful for that drive, but at mm. the same time, it has been a... It's been hard. Yeah. Oh, exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah. Relax. Enjoy being a child. Enjoy being nine. Enjoy everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Even even now, as well with having the baby, every time I blink, she's bigger. So what I make sure to do is I just enjoy every second of her. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, she's growing out of her onesies and stuff, but I'm like, I couldn't have enjoyed her more. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. not physically possible. There's not enough hours in the day. So I'm making sure to... Do that from now on. Yeah. And But I would have told my nine-year-old self, stop looking so far into the future that uh-huh. you're missing the now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the present. Exactly. Yeah. So that's a good message. And I think that's a good message to say to anyone. Yeah. It's just, just take it easy. Take a minute. Take a breath. And enjoy the now or enjoy yeah. the moment. It doesn't all have in. to get done now. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And there's not a timeline. Like, yeah. it's not... Finish school by 18, graduate university by 21. Married by... Married. Yeah. And to be honest... There was no straight line. There's no straight line. Oh, there's loops and turns. Yep. And Sometimes you got to go back. You yeah. do it again. Going back is really important. Yeah. So, so we're at the end? Yeah, we're kind of at the, at the, at the end. We're coming to the end. Aww. All the listeners are like, thank the Lord. <laughs> but one last thought before we sign off. What would you say to someone that's teetering on the edge of a big decision similar to maybe what maybe like what uh, you, moving away for college yeah or moving away for work i yeah. think moving away is a big one maybe. just in, yeah in terms of your kind of theme it's moving away from home and what or what life advice would you give someone i suppose that maybe is just the take it easy part but what advice would you give listen to your nine-year-old self my advice would be as long as you're happy with yourself and mm-hmm. you're comfortable with you, everything else is... Will fall into place. Peanuts. Yeah. My dad uses that phrase and I don't think he knows what it means. <laughs> so I keep using it. Everything else is... is it, he goes, is, 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 is peanuts. <laughs> my dad has a Dutch accent, so that's why he sounds like that. But be happy with you be okay with you be comfortable with who you are and your abilities and be comfortable with your inabilities as well because once you know what you can't do you're not you're already there you know you you know what you need to work on and stuff like that you're not limited exactly if you like i know i can't do math (laughs) and so i'm not gonna apply for anything where i'm gonna be doing math 24 7 mm-hmm. because i know that i would be able to like i'm capable of learning it but i would be miserable oh i'd hate it if i know what i can and cannot do i can then make myself happy and make mm-hmm. yeah and once you're happy oh everything else falls into place mm-hmm. like with once those three years I, I say those three years were up i'm still learning everything and it's actually four years now but you, when you're happy oh it's so much easier mm-hmm. So much easier when you're comfortable and with yourself and confident. 
So I guess that's it for our second episode of Thank our podcast. You. Yes. Thank you for having me. Anna, you were absolutely fantastic. Like I said, we didn't even really need to ask you the questions because you just naturally went through Flowed. all the points and told your story. And it's a beautiful story. And I don't know about Fee, but I learned even more about you as I got a person. super emotional. Yeah, we all got so Sorry, emotional. I'm crying more than the baby right um, now. Yeah, and it was just a fantastic story. And I think your story is such a good one to tell or your journey is such a good one to tell and for people to hear because we just like I've mentioned that I want to show variety or just so many different women yeah. uh, and showcase them and just show that there's so many different journeys yeah. people can go on don't ever think you're not enough yeah I think exactly. this episode is really no that can be the title of this podcast I think it should be yeah because that's definitely something I've learned from you Anna, and I'm forever inspired by how you got up and moved from a beautiful island to the wonderful Limerick. city of to Limerick. another beautiful island <laughs> apologies yeah. yes uh, and then you moved to Belfast, Belfast and then you moved France. to France and then you went away for your you just go up and get it and it's, yeah. it's really inspirational like yeah. I'm sorry I'm getting really sad so I'm just going to say to finish off that you guys can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at nextgenfem underscore I-R-E tweet us there if you know of anyone that you think would be good to have on the podcast same goes for Instagram we're open to also all sorts of suggestions. Thanks for everyone that have yeah. suggested already. We've got a nice lineup to try. We've got and catch. a huge list of people. We'll be flying over all over the world. At this yeah, day. we will. Well, we're already in France. Thanks again to everyone that's listened so far and subscribed. We're both super grateful for all our listeners. So thank you. Until the next thank episode. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> until the next episode. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.